Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by all the Dudley boys. Hey. Michael Hamler from What Still. Culture to review everything that happened on Friday's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <laughs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we're not going to review Smackdown, but also Manaral, the show formerly known <laughs> as NXT to play. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. And a very good quiz, of course. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review SmackDown. A massive episode, and I'm not just talking about Randy Orton's arms. Oh, but you kind of are. Because I don't know if it was because I had to watch this episode uh, whilst multitasking. I was away all weekend, and I knew it was going to be gone all weekend, and I really had to, had like a real small window of time on Saturday morning with which to get SmackDown watched. Uh, and I was trying to like get some bits together for the weekend. And I was having, as we sometimes discuss, we're honest with our listeners, mm. I was going on like one and a half speed, as we often do anyway, when it's an early morning review. And I felt a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's been a weekend has passed and there's things you're going to remind me of that I've forgotten. But I felt a little bit underwhelmed by this. With the glaring, and I mean glaring exception, of apparently the hottest wrestling star since Stone Cold and The Rock himself, Randy Orton. <laughs> what has happened here? Like, even as somebody that has almost like sort of built a, a defense mechanism against Randy Orton, against the feuds he's in, against the matches he's in, or has just found a way, like different coping mechanisms with which to get through the most boring of Randy Orton matches or different ways to try and find the positives and stuff Randy Orton's up to. How is it that I kind of can't get enough of him? Yeah. <laughs> and this week on Raw, obviously, which I won't be able to preview with yourself and Sid today, but won't have CM Punk, we don't think. Although, no. Although we will be on SmackDown next week. Interesting. Very fun for Friday's preview that. But now as a result of what we're going to talk about here, won't have Randy Orton either. And all of a sudden, if I'm Adam Pearce, I'm like, oh, God, where are the two hottest wrestlers in this whole freaking company? I can't quite wrap my head up. Is this a continued... Here you go. You get a pat on the back out of this. Is this the continued success story of Roman Reigns' WWE champion? Mm. That any babyface that looks, even for a minute, like believable enough to be on the ascendancy to have a good run at him just becomes twice as over as they were before. Yeah. Like, I understand that people are excited for Randy Orton to come back, and we touched on this a little bit with our Survivor Series coverage. He is, to generations of fans, just not my generation of fans, a working, living legend. Mm. He's not a... However, he's in his 40s, I imagine. He's not... A, he's got 20 years in the bank, and yet he doesn't look or act like a man with 20 years in the bank. Much of that because of those 20 years, I'd say about 19 of them were spent just slowing it down. <laughs> but he's come back, and he's jacked, and he's excited, and he's been gone a long time. July 2022, absence does indeed make the heart grow fonder. So he's got that, and he's riding that wave. But are we in this period where a bunch of fans that grew up with Randy Orton as part of the furniture just missed their favourite comfy chair? And they're just so glad to have it back <laughs> that, like, to them... All this time that he's been away, as great as Dafed has been after Vince left, have they been missing that one thing that just yeah. makes it whole? And as ra to them specifically, and I'm asking a question as much as I'm trying to analyze and speculate, <laughs> is Randy Orton this, like, to them, missing piece of the puzzle? I predict that Randy Orton will go to the Royal Rumble and he will lose to Roman Reigns mm -hmm. and the match will be more chinlock than wrestling match. And, and that might be hot, by the way. I'm not discrediting that move. But... This feels like something more. Yeah. Like, I did not have on my bingo card that 
Cody Rhodes might find his like babyface position around Christmas challenged by a returning star generating the reactions the likes of which we've never seen. And all of that hypothetical include CM Punk and it not be CM Punk. <laughs> I, I am just so bewildered at yeah. the, like, the reactions that he's getting and the fact that you could do a, like, huh. hey, uh, SmackDown general manager, I can't remember your name. Never trust a snake. Yeah. It's not like winking and nudges if he's like frigging Steve Austin stunning you, but he's still your <laughs> mate. I, like, but go with it. Like, it's oh, absolutely. Hot. It's hot as out. No, it was an astonishing Friday night. I was like watching it thinking, is it just me? I mean, I know love's only a feeling, but he was really growing on me. And then he's promised Roman a one-way ticket to hell and back. And I'm like, get in. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Bit's probably giving up right now, isn't he? Huh? Huh? Uh, you gave those jokes permission to land. <laughs> and uh, because of that, I'm going to allow him. I, I am very fresh today, by the way. Uh, Belfast, you are goaded. Um, if you're listening and you're from Belfast, I have any links to it. You're very lucky because I had, well, like, I don't know, like 28 hours there and had a fantastic time, uh, including a very late flight home. So I got the whole day to meander the city with my hangover before arriving back in the region late because it's like 35 minutes on a plane. Oh. I'm going to go again. Like, I think it's my new favourite... Like, previously it would be Leeds and Manchester or whatever for, like, gig destinations. I think I might just cut the trains and bus paying out of my life and get planes. Go to Belfast. Go to Dublin. Like, and then I get to go to, like... Yeah. Like, so... you see in the world. Then you, well... It's always Dublin. Yeah. Because so. then I get to, like, change currency and it feels even fancier. Yeah. get the Euros. But, I Belfast was incredible. <laughs> Northern Ireland was wonderful. I've never been to Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland, and I would very much like I to... love that, yeah. ...travel across again and experience even more of it. It's one of those, isn't it? It is... Real testament to the government that we have that it is cheaper to fly to another country than to go to our capital city. It snowed and blizzarded and sleeted all weekend, and a plane was cheaper and more reliable than a bus or a train. 2024. You can make some choices in 2024 mm-hmm. if you wish. Uh, but let's oh, get. Let Carol Vorderman say that on Sunday brunch yesterday. So if she can do that on Channel 4, surely I can do that on a wrestling podcast. Yeah. It's really funny. Tim Lovejoy is not a man equipped to cope with that situation. It may surprise you to know. <laughs> Soccer AM's biggest loser, Tim Lovejoy. Uh, 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 well, uh, you, uh, you put us in a spot here, Carol. Uh, I don't like Labour. There. And on we move. And he had, like, he had no clue what to sort I'm of do. Sure I'm sure his social media was a real treat after that to, one. To like, retain balance or whatever. It's like, oh, you're a bit out of your depth when you're not saying, bada, 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 bing, and object to woman, aren't you, Tim? Or like blithely, what was it he said recently? He, he had a guest on and he was interviewing them about their autobiography. No. And he held the book up and he asked what it was about. <laughs> what have you been up to? Yeah. <laughs> Your life. <laughs> and they say WWE's too broad. Uh, let's get into it because uh, the show opened with Bianca Belair getting a great reaction, mm. of course. Uh, and there was a video package going through everything that happened at War Games. Um, involving her and the baby faces and damage control. And uh, she says, great to be in Brooklyn. Got a great reaction, as I said. Uh, her and her team did exactly what needed to be done at War Games. Shout out Becky Lynch, Shotzi, and Ralph oh. her. <laughs> uh, said, whilst the win did feel good, my war with damage control still isn't over. I want my title back from EO Sky. This brings out damage control without Bailey. More mm. on that. Uh, Dakota Kai is kind of the mouthpiece for uh, damage control now. She says... Uh, uh, great reaction you got. Uh, now everyone, shut up! <laughs> uh, we, we've, been, we've been enjoying Brooklyn. Uh, well, I was walking around with Eo Skyler, and she said, Brooklyn smells. <laughs> she got him. Um, Sky also said that Bianca Belair is in over her head, um, and if she wants a title shot, she's going to have to go through all of damage control. Love that. Gauntlet being laid yep. down. Uh, and Belair's like, fine, come and get it. But also, Charlotte and Shotzi come out. Charlotte says, uh, Bianca's not the only woman coming from damage control. And Shotzi says, yeah, there's more than enough to go around. Big brawl breaks out. The baby faces stand tall to set up the match that's coming later on in the show. Yeah, like all a vehicle for the match. And I would argue the bigger angle. Yes. Taking place, you're supposed to not really be... It's weird. Like, you're supposed to be not that invested in the foreground because of all the drama in the background. But I would argue that's almost too effective. Mm. Like, I found this and the subsequent match too... Like, I was disinterested in it, ultimately, because now I have been instructed to look at everything taking place in the background, because that's barely in the background, is it? Let's be honest. They're going pretty full tilt on it now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, yeah, Bianca Belair and maybe the other baby faces are going to start taking down damage guitar one member at a time. 
But it's like, well, fine. Can I just watch what's happening with Damage Control when they're not wrestling instead, <laughs> yeah. please? It's tricky, tricky balance to strike, and I don't think they quite got it here. Um, Damage Control are walking backstage. Um, they were saying, like, I was really angry with how things went down there. I was I was yelling at some of those baby faces, get your hands off of my woman, who's oh, also geez. a partner in Damage Control. <laughs> Is that all of them? Uh, it's, it's not quite all of them, but you've done a good enough job. I believe in it. You've done all the big singles they had. Mm. Even well, actually, even though it's Christmas time, so don't let the bells end. Yeah. You've hit just about every single. Was that I? Uh, it was so great, right? And it was such a big-headed moment. I wonder if this guy listens. And it's like the, the chances are slim. But he was, shall we say, intoxicated. Uh, and I don't think it was on the drink. In the fantastic Belfast Telegraph, one of my favourite venues, an ex-newspaper building. Ah. That, like I used to do some work experience in newspapers, and the hall downstairs was like a big factory where the paper got printed, and that's just the space that is now for live bands, and the entrance is just a big garage door. So it was a little bit freezing, you had to keep your coat on. But like it was a, just like kind of having a gig in an aircraft hangar type thing, this huge empty warehouse space. <laughs> and this guy would every now and then like bump in, but they played a song called I Love You Five Times. And... Uh, this guy was really annoying and chatting a lot through the gig. And he was just like, came over to where we were stood and goes, said to me, he goes, I, I know every Darkness song, you ever even heard this? And I just got to go, yeah. And then look straight ahead. And in his, I was able to snap somebody out of an intoxicated like almost by like doing a bit of a disappointed dad yeah. for the first time ever. Like he was young and having a good time. But I was like, yeah. And then just got the stare at the stage and <laughs> sort of, he kind of like veered off in another direction. You think they got it after the fourth time they played it as well. That's you are the best in the business. Maybe I am a little bit weak today because I've realised how many. Let's, let's ask our studio audience. I think it started after that cup draw at the weekend, but I think it's really, oh. it's really kicking in now. Could have been us. Could so, have been me and you, buddy. One I ball away. I would have just bowed a, it's party day. That's that's just a party fixture. And me and Sid have tentatively agreed uh, an amnesty. That I feel like you and Murray, as oh, we're gonna stirrers, be will be you trying to explain new. what this is, just in case. So, for those that don't know or care, and have just listened to this for a SmackDown pre- uh, review. Oh yeah, we'll get back to that. Sorry about that. Um, a lot of video packages on this show. Yeah, Sunderland are playing Newcastle in the FA Cup. This is a local rivalry, a local oh derby uh, that hasn't taken place since 2016 on account of. Um, well, it was first Newcastle getting relegated, when then when they got promoted, we'd been relegated, and then we've never got back into the Premier League ever since, so we've just not shared the same division. And the older you get, the more okay you are with that, I think. I don't want to speak on behalf of a load of fans that love this fixture, and some do. It is an incredibly tense and nervous build-up, which basically has just started yesterday, because the fixture <laughs> takes place on something like January the 6th, so that's Christmas ruined. Um, when you're in the same league, it's the first one that you look for. Yeah. Uh, it only occurred to me today that because it's in the cup, if we draw, we have to play it again. Uh-huh. So the fixture will take, which is now what you're rooting for, yes. uh, the game will take place twice in a fortnight. Sunderland and Newcastle in the cup feels, I'm 38, and I don't think that's happened in our lifetime. I could be wrong. I need to check the record books. But uh, aye, so that in itself is rare. The fact that like we weren't looking to be getting promoted anytime soon, so it just felt like that from a emotional level, this fixture was a long, long way off, and that felt nice, and I felt at ease with that. I've got an existential crisis about whether or not to introduce my eight-year-old who's really getting the bug for following Sunderland to the kind of like the ugliest slash most beautiful side of supporting your team Mm -hmm. when it comes to local rivalry. It's just really, the older you get, it's just really, really stressful. Mm -hmm. Multifariously so. Um, I expect Newcastle to beat us, as will be the form. Like, that'll be, like, bookies will be expecting Newcastle oh, yeah. to beat Sunderland. Like, heavy, heavy favourites. The golf is very big at the moment, but the cliches are all true about cup games and about derbies, and it won't in any way dilute the tension. Like, both sets of fans will still be, some will be really up for it, some will be really stressed about it. I think me and Sidge both find ourselves on such a stressful side <laughs> of this that we're going to be like, that we're like a don't be bastards amnesty yes. in the run-up and in the immediate aftermath. But again, these things... Really want a contentious decision. Well, uh, that tends to be what like a lot of these games are defined but by. VAR or no? Oh, I don't know. Um, I wonder if it's one of the things not at the stadium alike, but then if it goes to a replay at St James's, yes, because we had the reverse of that against Tony Khan's Fulham last season. Yeah, we got VAR at 
uh, Craven Cottage, and then they beat us in the replay at the stadium. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't love it. I got to be honest. It's like it's it's just I, like I don't like to do that thing where you rank right like football rivalries. Uh, every every club has a rival, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you feel it in your bones and stuff like that. But it it always has felt like. I think because it's the two cities, it's not like a city with a shared club or anything like no. that. Uh, and the fact that we can avoid each other quite a lot in the tiers, when you go a long time without one, it does feel particularly hostile. We've got a very good record against them recently, but it, it's been so long now that it sort of means nothing. We went like, I think we've gone something like, I want to say 10 unbeaten against them. So that, I, But like, you know, and again, that's, I say we just explain, I'm Sunderland, Sidney's Newcastle. That is us overturning a similar run by them for the longest time. I grew up and we could never land a glove on Newcastle. Years and years and years and years and years where I just felt like, oh, we've got to fight the school bully again. Oh, the school bully's tips upside down and taking our dinner money. Mm. For years and years and years. And I remember uh, the first time we, I was at the home game where we beat them 2-1 and it was something like it had been 28 years since we'd beaten them at home, you know? Because in English football, you can go long times. And I turned around and obviously jubilation in the stands and there was a, a fella and his adult son, mm-hmm. like hugging, crying, the whole thing. Very emotional day. And he just said to me, but basically anyone in earshot, pointing at his son, who I would later find out was his son, he was being born the last time we beat these at home and I missed it. Like, I swear that is true. Wow. It was like, so, like, this has obviously been something, a little bit of fun, a little bit of a family anecdote that had existed for years between these two. And I was watching it come full circle yeah, 28 years after this lad was Jeez. first born. So you get millions of little stories like that. I've seen us get hammered. I've seen us hammer them. I've just lived through every version of this game to know that I don't ever need it again. Mm. But I potentially am about to introduce an eight-year-old boy to it, and it's not fair. It's not fair on the kids. They don't know. And if, if that's not feasible or possible, you could always just do a live stream. Me, don't you, start talking me, you and him. Don't start willing that into existence. It's going to be on telly. I know. Full well, it's going to be on telly. It's going to be on the BBC, which I think is the first... BBC broadcast Sunderland Newcastle game and is, again, my lifetime ever. The stakes are both, they're simultaneously non-existent and unbelievably high. It's a cup. So, like, you're supposed to see it as a free hit. Yeah. I just wish we were getting that free hit off anybody else in football. I would rather, like, <laughs> yeah, like, this might sound weird to our, like, American listeners who, like, just want to see, I guess, like, you, you just want to see your team successful, I suppose. They have derbies in America, yeah. local rivalries and the like. But I would rather us play against Manchester City or Liverpool just to, like, eat, eat. Matt Rain supports Liverpool, and I would rather we get our asses <laughs> handed to us by Liverpool than have to, like, live with this fixture. Because, obviously, in the region, it becomes, like, who you work with, who you're married to, like, families, houses, lives divided. Best, isn't it? Divided by, like, what is fundamentally a football rivalry. It does, it goes deeper. Like, I think it's Roundheads and Cavaliers stuff. I think some of Newcastle pick different sides in the English Civil War. I think, <laughs> I, I think like, it go, it's it's a deep one. It's a deep one. Um, like, it, right through a modern day, like, now encapsulated by frigging geopolitical financial issues of Newcastle United, like, funded by... Uh, the, you know, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and, like, Newcastle is a nightly city that was, like, funded as part of Labour's attempt to win the North East when really no money went elsewhere. Like, there's so much at the core of this game of football. So you're Sunderland sort of the AEW, the underdogs in this Wednesday night It war. is so weird that, yes, the, yes, this is how we are very much the challenger brand to the market <laughs> leader in Northeast football. It's a very weird reversal of where mine and Sidney's wrestling allegiances lie. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It should, people shouldn't get so tribal about this. They shouldn't get so bit het up about this. It's just a game of football at the end of the day. Just one quick side note I want to mention. Uh, Harry the Hornet can go f*** himself. Um, <laughs> we got Watford in the third round. We've lost so many listeners today. I have no, no Ill, Ill will towards <laughs> They're entitled to make that choice. Join us on Friday. It's back down for you. Uh, it. So speaking of uh, infighting, mm-hmm. damage controller backstage. Nicely done. Bailey shows up. And she was like, why didn't you tell me you were going out there? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Look, uh, we, 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 we would have. Busy, busy night. Um, <laughs> Kyrie's going to be fighting Bianca later. Uh, and Kai's like, don't worry about everything else that's happened. You need to go out there and help. Or you need to help uh, Kyrie prepare for Bel Air and maybe grow old a little bit later. 
Yeah. What's going on? Well, I think I'll say this, right? So I much preferred this to the stuff we got out in the ring, and I much preferred this to the match we got later, to be honest. This is yet more, in my opinion... I love the match. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got, like, the, ma- the match was a good match, but, like, in terms of this story, they are Maybe doing... It's finally doing all the right things, as you can get the crap beat out of her. And that's so key to this. They are doing a very effective job at finally not making Bailey like the clumsy yeah. leader that's screwing up, which was never going to afford her a successful babyface turn, to now becoming somebody that is being ostracized from the group she set up, despite actions that are trying to keep them going. Yeah. War Games was like, well, uh, Crown Jewel was a big turning point. War Games was another one, and you feel it here. They're doing a good job of finding sympathy for Bailey after months of it not really feeling that real. Mm. They've they've pivoted very well with this, and I'll, I'd like it's very cheesy, it's very on the nose in how WWE even move the camera. What's Bailey doing there? But it, I like it. I do like it. Then we got Bobby Lashley versus Butch before the match. Uh, Bobby Lashley comes out with a resplendent looking Street Profits, mm. takes the microphone. The crowd obviously love Bobby here, um, and says basically, "Don't try and make a name through yourself through me." Uh, and Butch slaps the taste out of his mouth and jump starts the match. So much so, Lashley's still got his top on. I'm like, well, get that off first <laughs> uh, Yeah, Lashley comes back and just throws him across the ring. Um, he gets drop kicked to the outside, does Bobby. Um, and Butch hits uh, a, well, a couple of uh, moonsaults to take him out uh, and take us to a break. When we come back, Lashley's got control. He lifts Butch up for a vertical suplex. Butch does that thing where he knees his head from the top to get out of it. Um Fights back, and then it was a high, like a high slam, but I think Michael Cole called it a slam dunk. <laughs> the way he just toyed Butch down. It was a great. It yeah. looked, it, this match made Bobby Lashley look gigantic. A slam dunk's going to stick, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He throws Butch to the outside, hoys him into the ring post, goes for a spear, but Butch moves, and Lashley posts himself. That allows Butch to get back into it, fire up, double stomp. He's targeting the arm. He does the the, the stamp on it, as I mentioned. Uh, hits a blockbuster. Um Lashley just goes, after a while, though, I've had enough of this. Power <laughs> slam to Butch. Um, he yells at Butch to stay down. Butch won't do that. Slaps Lashley, uh, and out of nowhere, Lashley spears him out of his goddamn boots to get the one, two, three. Really great matchmaking uh, that ended up with a result that, not a result as in Bobby Lashley won, as in the actual quality of the match itself, that felt fresh and brand new mm. and this sort of strange moment of, you know what, I don't think I've ever really seen these two people interact, and I'm glad to be watching it. Uh, it made the action hotter. The crowd were banging at Bobby Lashley, as you say, from that promo. I don't, even he seemed a bit surprised yeah. by it. And, but then when you're a guy like Bobby Lashley and you get a reaction like that, I think it reflects in the match because he sometimes just looks like he puts a bit more oomph into everything. I don't know still what I think of the Bobby Lashley Street Profits act. I So I've been a big defender and proponent of WWE this year on the grounds that I honestly believe few massive exceptions notwithstanding that Triple H is like plotting and seeing where things are going quite a long way in advance and there of course are going to be bumps in the road and there of course going to be injuries but for the most part I think a lot of his big stories are fairly well mapped out it's the reason why we can fantasy book several Wrestlemania matches at this point you can lead the Survivor Series at the Rumble as you're supposed to a lot of that even down to smaller TV feuds, just feel like they're... Shotty is a good example at the moment where I don't think she's having like the best run of her career, but from mm. a booking standpoint, you could well see them trying to tear up as an Eosky opponent for the Rumble or the TV around the Rumble. You know what I mean? They're yes, just like, yeah. It's not an out-of-nowhere thing if Shotty finally works away into a title shot. They've developed the character, the whole deal, a feud with Damage Kataro. I don't think this was plan A for Bobby Lashley and no. the Street Profits. I still I feel like a couple of things have gone awry. I don't know if the direction was... And I don't know what Bobby Lashley winning singles matches while the Street Profits continue to float about. I don't know how much it helps that either. I do think they're going somewhere with um, B-Fab. Yes. Oddly enough, I think those teasers have been trying to tell us something. Uh, but I, as an act... Like, I appreciate right now you've got the Butch and Ridge Holland dissension, right? Mm-hmm. Can you really see Bobby Lashley in the Street Profits versus the Brawling Brutes and that being where Ridge turns? Or are we just done with this? Now, this one match happened and it's like, right, Bobby Lashley has won, whatever. Yeah, and I think it might be just a one-off. 
Yeah, keeping his eye in the fire or whatever. I, I I don't think the act... Like, Bobby Lashley clearly has no problem getting a big reaction, but I don't think this act is really peaking in the way that you might have expected. No, I, I couldn't book you a match for them right exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. So many wrestlers are on your... You keep talking about it, your insane dream WrestleMania card. How is it that three men that come out that look to all of us as cool as these three don't really set the creative juices going? Like, they're just not there. Need some trios titles, that's what they need. Ugh. Do not bring that to my door. Um, the SmackDown GM, forgot what his name is, he's yeah. in his office, uh, and Paul Heyman walks in and says, can I get this right? you got Randy Orton here on SmackDown tonight. And the GM says, yeah, I did, and that's because I want to sign him to a contract tonight. I think he was talking on the phone before this mm-hmm. as well, but this is ends, means to an end sort yeah. of thing. And Heyman's like, does Roman Reigns know about this? And the GM says, well, I'm telling you now, you're the wise man. Yeah. Uh what are you gonna do about it, huh? Heyman says anything it takes. Cheesy, but I do like the jack. Cinema. Yeah, it's a bit of cinema and it's cinema adjacent. This uh, SmackDown catchphrase coming later. Stay tuned. The SmackDown GM having the guts for now, at least, to stand up to the bloodline is reminiscent of when Adam Pearce tried that, and for one week we had a Royal Rumble match announced off the back of it. Oh my god! One of your favourite weird weeks. Um, Still waiting for it. Yeah, you might have to wait a little bit longer, but. I think it's useful that what happened in the end happened to the SmackDown GM because up to this point, it's it was getting a little bit, all right, like the authority figure is going to fall afoul of the bloodline, but he's been given a reason to not like his new signing top babyface all that much as well. Mm. And I just think that like balances the scales a little bit from a storyline point of view. Uh, hey, Kyla! Catches up to Butch, who's grumpily walking backstage. Uh, she's like, what's going on? What's going on with you? Tough loss. Ridge Holland's pissed off. Uh, Butch said, I don't know. No time, kid. Just want to fight. <laughs> uh, and then in walks pretty deadly. <laughs> and they say, oh, Butch, don't be so sad. Your career's at a dead end. <laughs> Butch understandably just goes, oh, Attacks them. Beat the crap out of him and chuck him into a case. Not a good week for Butch, this. Not a great week for Butch, but does this feel like a Seamus return beckons? I was just thinking, oh my God, what if Pretty Deadly have to make over Butch? I got very excited for a split oh second. My God. But yes, probably. No, that's about there, Pretty Pete. Uh, Pretty Pete, you're done. Uh, oh my God. I love it. Beautiful Butch. <laughs> the third Deadly. I'm into it. And then that's another person with the trio's tiles. So we are getting quite the division on our hands. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, right, we are backstage next with uh, Santos Escobar. He's about to come out. Kathy Kelly says, uh, what are you doing, mate? Uh, and he says, I'm only finishing what Rey Mysterio started after bringing him that arsehole, Carlito. Nice, nice that, by the way. So now, just for those keeping track, Rey Mysterio is the guy that broke up the LWO. Yeah. That's, that's what he's going with. I really like that. Uh, he says, uh, the, you know, other guys in LWO, Joaquin Wild, Cruz del Toro, they're blinded by Mysterio. Uh 
Uh, Cruz is still recovering from the beatdown I put on him last week. And uh, Wild's about to get another taste right now. And that led to Santos Escobar versus Joaquin Wild, who I like the fact that Joaquin Wild didn't mess about here. Mm. He wasn't like, oh, you used to be my... No, he's like, I'm really annoyed at what you've done. So he actually got the offense early on. Nails him with a drop kick, elbow. Uh, Escobar rolls to the outside. Wild hits a springboard splash. Um, he uh, rolls out again after some more offense from Joaquin Wild, and Wild hits another splash. But Escobar cuts him off, drapes him from the top turnbuckle, uh, running drop kick. He just beats on Whacking Wild. He rips off his LWO shirt. Wild comes back with a beautiful looking rolling DDT. Uh, runs wild. Escobos just nails him with a super kick out of nowhere, though, and hits the Phantom Driver for the one, two, three. Keeps the beating on him afterwards. Dragon Lee runs out to make the save. Escobar looks like, oh, don't want any of that. But when Dragon Lee's back's turned, Escobar jumps him, but Dragon Lee fights him off. Uh, and uh, Lee's checking on Wild as we close this match. This could have been, this is. Exactly as it was supposed to go. Uh, I do not have eyes on a SmackDown format sheet. This is my speculation entirely. Did you get the feeling watching this that they had been told that their time had just been cut or that a big middle portion of this match was taken Mm, out of it? Maybe, yeah. The fire-up was really abbreviated for... Let's be honest, like quite a big moment. These two were to get the, their relationship predates the LWO. Yeah. Like they're kind of, they were brothers before this wider brotherhood was extended to Rey Mysterio and Zelina Vega and Carlito. And I don't know, I was left a bit cold by this. And I guess as a result, I was trying to give the benefit of the doubt to them. This was, for all intents and purposes, a stat padding squash for Santos Escobar. And I just assumed in this, I'm going to, break down the LWO brick by brick thing, and it's going to be on your head, Rey Mysterio, there'd be a bit more emotion or a bit more mm. struggle to it or something like that. Like, it was nice. I saw Joaquin Wilde was talking about getting his first big singles match on the main roster in God knows how long. Yeah. Certainly, like, full stop, probably the first time in a while. Um, I don't know. This they are Santa Escobar is the project, so ultimately he has to beat somebody and he has to continue pushing forward and beating people. I just... Couldn't shake the idea that whatever they had planned had maybe been mm. halved a little bit by this. It was all a bit... Like, Dragon Lee comes out to make the save, and you think, well, off of... Pre- I know he was beaten down after the match, but, like, after a pretty formulaic squash win, yeah. and now the babyface is outnumbered yet again. It didn't... Like, I still think you're right. I still think this is all teeing up the call-ups from NXT of the cursed green maclers. But, like, at the moment, does Santos need help? He's kind of like yeah. managing. He's like he's managing this like in a pretty straightforward <laughs> fashion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So I just, I just sort of feel like the match didn't quite jive with how they're pushing Santos, other than the fact that he's mega efficient and great. But then why should I boo him? Yeah. So I, yeah, didn't didn't quite work for me this one. Uh, anyway, this SmackDown GM, whatever his name is, is backstage uh, shaking Logan Paul's hand as he's heading out for this segment. Before that, though, uh, SmackDown GM's in his office. Uh, Postman Pierce comes in. He's like, "You kidding me?" Randy Orton's been brought back and you're trying to sign him. And the uh, SmackDown GM's like, yep. And Postman Pierce's like, well, I've got a contract for Raw as well, so I'll try and sign him too. See you out there. Is this going to be what happens with the Punker next week? Like, I didn't really think about this until they played the advert for him coming to SmackDown. But they did offer a World Heavyweight Championship match if you signed for Raw. Uh-huh. Like... I just think, like, this. I wonder if this whole Randy Orton thing, it was destined for him and, all, and Roman. Ah. So have they put the Randy Orton thing in place because it's a bit of a Trojan horse for a CM Punk contract? And a moose-bouche. And a moose-bouche. Considering how much Papa H is cooking. In, indeed. Yeah. Like, and a moose-bouche before... The main? Like, I don't know what the main course is. But, like, aye. Is that why this was... Do you think this was dropped That's into... A good to put it in your head. Yeah. But, like... That right now, whenever there's like a hot star that comes in, the GM should be thinking, well, I want him. Well, I want him. So the well, punk is going to be like, all right, we'll have a championship match, but what else can you offer me? Well, I, He's going to take him to cleaners. CM Punk the movie. No, ice cream bars. Ice Oh, my God. Can you imagine if that was as it like they finally followed it through? Do it. What? What? You've got more money than almost anyone now. Yeah. Uh, right, let's get to my favourite section of the show, Logan Paul bit. <laughs> Low gang for life, a baby. Uh, comes out and says, I want to dedicate this to every friend who stabbed me in the back and prayed on my downfall. Where are you now? Mm-hmm. It's me looking at the podcast charts, that. 
the more people who hope he fails, the harder he works, the harder he works, the more he wins, and the more he wins, the more he gets to say, yeah, ga-ga-ga! Initially, I was like, what the hell was that? And then I was like, oh, yet again, Paparage is cooking. What's that I can taste? Oh, is it a breadcrumb? Because what does Randy Orton do before he drops people with that elevated DDT? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I didn't pick that up myself, but maybe. That's what I got from it. Funny noise. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was Logan Paul knowing, am I at the point where I can do absolutely anything and get away with <laughs> it? You put that Should we put that on t shirt? Yeah, go. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I think I might be. Should we uh, call one of the prime flavors for the holidays? I don't know about um, he says, um, uh, looks down the camera, says, you want this title? Of course you do. It's been on my junk, like you all have. I was like, get him, Logan. Title smells of dick. Yeah. The title smells of dick and balls. Uh, he said, but like a champion's only good as his challenges, and Rey Mysterio sucks. No, uh, Rey Mysterio <laughs> can't have a rematch because he's injured. Uh, so they've created a tournament. Oh, my God. There's no other tournaments going on right now, which is what I really like. I know why you're pressing this button. I know what specific thing about this um, tournament. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tournament. It's going to feature eight stars. Yeah. Um, it's going to feature Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. Good. Dragon mm-hmm. Lee. Fantastic. Yep. Grayson Bloody Waller. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Santos Escobar. Karrion mm-hmm. Cross. Mm-hmm. And a mystery NXT superstar! Yes! <laughs> I it's going to be Kevin Owens. He's set it up immediately afterwards. But I'm, I, in my head, so <laughs> it goes Austin Theory, Dragon Lee, Grayson Waller, Kevin Owens, Santos Escobar, Karrion Cross. And in my mind, it doesn't, as, as, it, as he says, an NXT superstar, my brain goes, Von Wagner. <laughs> I th- you know those, um, after like uh, a big football result, generally in a uh, stateside. Yeah. Where you see those videos where somebody like smashes the TV up and like oh, the, the vibe really goes. I feel like I could picture you doing the like the happy version of that, like and an NXT superstar drop kick the television, but in it, just in unadulterated <laughs> excitement. Yeah. It's like, well now how am I gonna watch the rest of the show? Buy a new telly. Same episode of SmackDown, <laughs> something else gonna happen. Oh yeah, smashing it like just I'm so freaking happy watching this show. Yeah, what a game we've got to play, possibly on the preview. I I hope it's left secret because I want to enjoy predicting this. Mm. Maybe we fold into the NXT coverage this week, just in case. Because if they drop their name... <gasps> oh my God, what if it factors into the episode? Oh my God, what if they make it part of Daily Lane where you have a qualifier? Oh, oh my God! I feel like I've also... I've definitely missed someone's name, haven't I? Because that's seven I read it out. Uh, Theory Lee, Waller, Owens, Escobar, Cross, NXT Superstar. Oh yeah. Bollocks. It's alright. I'll talk about yeah, this yeah, segment yeah. and then... Sorry, it's apologies. The, I can picture the graphic. Who was it? WWE yeah. US tournament. Let's see if I can get a picture of that. Do apologize. Put the dude are up on yeah. pi- Thanks, thanks, Google. That's a picture of the US title. Boom, <laughs> uh, Bobby Lashley. Big Bobo. Jesus, that is a stacked tournament. Mm-hmm. Apologies to Bobby Lashley. Anyway, uh, of course, he'd mentioned Kevin Owens' name. You know what that means. Kevin Owens comes out. He says, uh, "You being here is an absolute bloody nightmare, Logan Paul." Uh, I first saw you 10 years ago on the app Vine. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Vine. Logan Paul did do that, and I did it exactly with him. Uh-oh. Yeah. I need to put, I want, you know what I need to put on the soundboard? I want to be a cowboy, <laughs> baby. That is a podcast throwback and a half, yeah. isn't it? Um, and he says, it took me about six seconds to know you were an absolute jackass. Then Owens overstepped the mark. He's called Prime a crap drink, right? Okay. We've all had a laugh so far. But let's not just start lying on camera, okay? It's delicious. Look, I've drank Prime, and it is a perfectly nice bottle of juice, <laughs> right? It is full of enough stuff that you shouldn't poison your kids with. I may, Like, people have seen what I eat and drink. I've clearly made my choices, yeah. but I do not wish to pass those choices down to my children. And Logan Paul is trying to sell this to not just my children, everybody's children. And I, uh, I can't share your endorsements as much as I can savour the flavour once in a while. I'm just uh, angling for a wacky Wilborn flavour of Prime. Well, you just keep going. Like, you just... So the cap is just, uh, it's got some, like, ginger hair on it. Yeah. What? The bottle's got glasses. <laughs> anyway, Owen says, you've been here as a nightmare, but the nightmare's about to end because I'm going to win the tournament. Uh, and Paul's like, really? I've been in the ring with the greatest boxer in the world. Uh, and I'd only need one second, or mm-hmm. I'd need less than six seconds to KO you, basically. Uh, Owen says, well, look, boxing's another world. You're in my world now. You're in a WWE ring. They square up to each other. Grayson Bloody Waller's hit, music hits. A-10, Dan Ander come out and say, uh, oh, don't lower yourself to 
uh, Kevin Owens' level. You're great, you are, Logan Paul. And I was like, see, more good guys. Uh, <laughs> and they say, uh, we're standing in the ring with uh, Logan Paul, who always knocks people out. He just talks about knocking people out. And then Kevin Owens' chin theory again. And they square off and then go to a break because we've got the Waller match in a second. Owens continues to, like, if I'm being honest, elevate some pretty shoddy material here. Mm. Uh, it's not been a hospital pass of a feud, this Grayson Waller and Austin Theory run. But it is lightweight, and I can't quite yet see... I keep going back to WrestleMania. I can't yet see where this... Where the other shoe drops. You know when you were talking about... Yeah. Is it going to be a Sami Zayn thing? Like, where's... Is it going to be some, like... It's a blood feud at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, like some bitterness with the Usos or the bloodline or what. Owens himself did that thing where he was like, he doesn't think people really want him to see... Have another go at Roman. Uh -huh. There's all the, like, sort of IRL question marks over his relationship with Punk and all that kind of... I just... This this can't be it. I, I feel like there's, this is obscuring something much better for Kevin Owens, as occasionally humorous as it is. Why don't... This can go wrong. Why don't... Name's KO. Where's WrestleMania? Philadelphia. What's Philadelphia famous for? Rocky. Why don't we bring out the brawl for all? And Owens wins it. Why? Well, see, see who wins it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Winner faces Butterbean. Shoot rules and all, yeah. Well, I mean, they probably stand a chance these days. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got Owens and Grayson Waller. I did appreciate Logan Paul on commentary here. Yeah. Logan Paul was pretty good. He's brilliant. Like, He's very, very reliable on the microphone, and he knows how to he knows how to do this better than a lot of people that have been doing it all their lives. So, uh, Waller hit an elbow drop from the second rope for a two count. Went for a suplex, but Owens counters into a vertical suplex of his own. Uh, goes to set up for a cannonball, but Waller rolls to the outside, uh, and Waller slams Owens onto the commentary table right in front of Logan Paul. Owens comes back with a clothesline and a frog splash uh, from the apron to the ringside floor, which always looks like it absolutely sucks mm -hmm. for everyone to take. Owens fires up, but Waller runs him into the ring post, and Theory stomped on Owens' hand whilst it was on the ring steps and told Grayson to target his hand. I like that, because yep. we went to a break. When we come back, and he's basically fighting a one-armed man when we come back. Waller is going for his rolling DDT. Owens counters with a DDT of his own. Headbutt, chops, again, one-armed chops. Hits a cannonball, goes up top. Swanton gets a near fall. Uh, what's Logan Paul calls Owens? Oh, it's on a diet. And uh, they go back, targeting, to, targeting Kevin Owens' hand slash arm. Uh, Owens just manages to make it to the ropes for a break. Uh, Waller went to kick his hand. Owens moved and got the flash roll-up victory. Nice building this. Um, again, this feud is, it's not redundant, but it's just its just Kevin Owens versus the Dweebs. And he's kind of come, <laughs> he's come at SmackDown. He started a feud with the Dweebs over something as lightweight and humorous as Kathy Kelly, who do you want me to hit? And that has generated, like that was week one, and it's generated all of this. And that's how wrestling's supposed to work, right? So I don't have too big an issue with this, but I like this more now because the targeting of the hand obviously puts him in direct contrast with Logan Paul, a guy who, even as of re very recently, he's had issues with, but this dates all the way back to uh, 37, when Logan Paul was yeah. mixed in with him and Zane. Like, not that it's one long story, I'm just saying there's, he's always acknowledged, I hate you. Like, I'm the voice of reason in this company, and I despise you, mm. Logan Paul. So, like, down Yeah, the if you're not doing LA Night at WrestleMania, it's blatantly obvious where you go. Yeah, down the line, they've got to fight, and the idea of Kevin Owens doing it with a bandaged-up hand or worse when Logan Paul's got the power of his punch, like, and all of his endorsements and all of his, like, pro-fitnessy stuff, and he's like, yeah, you, and you can't even... I thought you fight everyone and you can't even punch me because you're breaking your hand again. Like, it does sort of... Like, it sets that up quite nicely. And, again, just affording a little bit of reality, I assume this injury writes Kevin Owens off SmackDown next week, and that's shrewd, potentially? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's not rock the boat whatsoever here. No. Also, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels is booking a lot of his career in NXT right now. Mm -hmm. Is Triple H potentially booking... That time when he had to face Big Show, <laughs> he had that <laughs> massive cast <laughs> on his hand. And only after he came out with it on did Triple H go, oh, that looks like a little bit of a weapon, to be honest. He's punched an entire chair out of my hand. <laughs> the man with the hardest punch in the company now is wearing plaster of Paris over the fist that he hits with. Maybe, it doesn't soften the blow. No, maybe I shouldn't have said fat boy to him <laughs> in that promo. Did he just assume that by breaking it, it would like adjust the propulsion of Big Show's arm? <laughs> 
That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see at WrestleMania access. The size of that fucking cast. Get my head tape. Put my head next to it for a picture. Big Show's big cast punching Sheamus's massive chair. Remember from that match with it was Sheamus, wasn't it? Yeah, with yeah, the big yeah. show. Yeah. My chair's massive. Remember the double ladder as well? The the double like the the reinforced one because he just stepped through the rungs. Oh god, yeah. They've never, they've never had a massive t- double table. <laughs> table. Stop pulling it from under the ring. It just keeps coming. What about it's an extender? Oh, my God. That, that's the joints that we should go through as well. Yeah. Yes, it's an extender. <laughs> Still not as good as talking to I think Sid about this the other day. Do you remember when? Uh, I can't remember who it was. I feel like maybe it was Dustin Rhodes. I was fighting Nick Comorato in AEW, and he went under the ring, and he went, oh, cool, here's that wooden chair that we always have. <laughs> What if, right, all this time? Oh, because he broke over Comorato's back. Yeah. Like, they were like, well, that's the last one we had. What if all that time, that wooden chair, was like, I don't know, there's some guy in production that you never hear about until like a Hall of Famer puts them over in their speech. And it's like, uh, you know what, Tommy from Riggin. Yeah. Like, Tommy from Riggin, like, there he was, that guy, putting the lights up before every show. He always, uh, like, had a wise crack for you. Like, the amount of lines I stole from Tommy from Riggin. There, right there, was the funniest guy in the business. You never saw him out there with the rock, but he had the best put-downs of anyone I ever met. And the one thing Tommy from Riggin loved was his comfy wooden chair when he finished it. <laughs> and then Dustin Rose takes it, smashes, and Tommy from Riggin, what the f*** was that? <laughs> it broke my goddamn chair. Or it's one of those things where, like we read in the comment section, some diva's done a sexy dance on a chair and they've gone, I wish I was a chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm a wooden chair. Or people are, like, really into uh, Nick Comorato's back. That's their thing. And it's like, oh, God, I wish I was the shards that broke off on his shoulder blades. <laughs> uh, yeah, Punk's coming to SmackDown next week. Well, well this week, I suppose. We'll talk oh, about yeah. that on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Bianca Belair comes out. Damage Control is seen backstage. Again, Bailey's just off to the side, and he goes, guys, like, stay here. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal, this. Brutal. Uh, and then we got... Dakota Kai was very good here, by the way. Mm. She was, like, consoling Bailey, and then just let her arm drop off to the side, and she's like, well, I'm still with those guys, so I'm yeah. going to go over there now. Super associated with you. Yeah. Uh, it was Bianca Belair versus Kyrie saying, Jesus, this could have just been a pure... Because they were so good together. Mm. Uh, Kyrie saying went for a head scissors takedown, and Belair just flipped through it because she's incredible. She picks up Kyrie. Kyrie punches her way out of it, and they have a tug of war the, with the braid. Belair went to run the ropes, but Asuka tripped her. Yeah, damage controller there, as are Charlotte and Shotzi, not for much longer. Because then when Kyrie went to run the ropes, Charlotte was right in front of the referee, tripped Kyrie, saying, he was like, right, you're out of here. And then he turns around, <laughs> and Asuka's literally stood in the ring. He's like, you're out of here as well, the rest of you. <laughs> not bad, this. It takes us to break, and it's just one-on-one. Yes. And uh, Kyrie saying works a twisted Boston crab before she runs Belair into the ring post. Nice bit, that. Uh, Belair fires up and just hoys Kyrie about a bit. Uh, they do the punches in the corner spot. Uh, Belair hit a springboard standing moonsault for a near fall. Oh, my God. I mean, I know she does it all the time, but it's still preposterous. It's still super impressive. Kyrie saying fires back, though, hits a spinning back fist, goes up tops and hits elbow for a two count, goes for another back fist, uh, Belair cuts her off and sort of goes jaded, basically, wasn't she? Was going yeah. for. Uh, Kyrie Sane rolls Belair to the outside. Uh, so Belair just hit it on her over a guardrail oh my on the outside, which is awesome. Belair sends her back in the ring, but uh, as she's trying to get back in herself, Bailey shows up, cuts off Belair, trips her on the apron. Uh, Kyrie Sane recognizes this. There's a little moment of, oh, oh we're on the same team. Thanks. But uh, Kyrie Sane's far too giddy about hitting the insane elbow. Takes too long. Belair stops Kyrie Sane, and I watch this back. She sort of knocks her off the top, and instead of like going right, okay, then you climb up, and then that's a nice position. We need to get you up into the KOD. Mm-hmm. She knocks her off the top, and Kyrie Sane's just sort of slumped over the turnbuckle, and she was like, "I'm just brute strength, just going to pick you up into an ins- from an insane position." Yeah. Like she's got so much strength, it's unbelievable. Hits the KOD one, two, three, and Bailey looks a little bit. Ugh. I nice booking. Uh, I did like Bailey. The the cool thing, obviously, now about her being ostracized is that she can still try and do what's best for the group when she can avoid. Like they can kind of colour outside the lines here, can't they? Because like this didn't feel anywhere near like oh, you've just gone back on the running. You just said we weren't going to have because we've already seen that the group don't want her around. And the idea that Bailey's going to continue to try and prove herself to this group that she formed, let us not forget, is only going to further enhance the effectiveness of the babyface turn, which I like, as is, oh my God, she keeps quoting Sasha Banks stuff on X, which, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, 
I like this match. I don't think I liked it as much as you from the sound of your enthusiasm in the review and mm. the little bit we talked about before. I did, however, I share your sentiment about the finish and particularly the a few spots in this match where the stuff on the outside I loved, where you absolutely, with Kyrie saying, have a wrestler who can really heighten and extenuate the physical gifts of some of her colleagues. Mm. So Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, oh. uh, Zoe Stark, maybe Nia Jax, if it goes Raquel safely. Raquel, another one. Kyrie's such a gift to the main roster for matches just like this. Mm. But like their chemistry was just liquid as well. Like the the stuff that they were doing where they were going measure for measure oh. was so fluid. So you are watching two of the best do it, which is great. You know, like that's a, a treat. I just I I kind of thought this was again like just kept made to measure, like kept for being a television match with to be fair to it, like a conclusive outcome and a big winner. Bianca Belair as a babyface should do what she said she was gonna do in her mind. She's just coming to work and running through damage guitar. You feel like the Bailey match could be one of the hottest Bianca Blair Bailey matches they've ever ran. Yep. Not only because they've ran that one in the ground before, but also because by that point, it's going to be Bailey, like, probably the one beating her to stop her getting to EO and that being like Bianca's heartbreak or something. But Bailey, I, I did it. And then she, I did it, boss. Wait a frigging second. Yeah. I'm the boss. What the hell is happening here? And like only just realizing that she's had to fight for somebody else, or of course losing, and then damage guitar being like, How could you, Bailey? And it's like you t- I've been mm. trying for weeks. Like that, that run up to that for me is like already in my head, one of the stronger Bailey Bianca matches. Mm. So I do like the story they're telling. Uh this week's show looks insane. CM Punk's on it. Uh Bobby Lashley versus Karrion Cross. Remember him? Mm. Uh, Escobar versus Lee again. One would assume potentially with the arrival, as you mentioned, of yeah, maybe. Los Lotharios. Yeah. Uh, Asuka versus Charlotte Flair mm. as well. Uh, tribute to the troops. Y- you expect it to be quite a babyface heavy night. Yes. You? Lashley was a, a troop of some kind, I believe. Yes. So he's going to... Yeah, because they always air that on Peacock when there's like a... Oh, sorry, WWE Network when there's stuff with adverts on Peacock. Mm. And it's like, obviously, a brilliant story. Incredibly inspiring. Like, isn't this guy meant to be a, a heel? Because yeah. <laughs> all I'm hearing is like this insane record that he's got on his, his wrestling background and obviously a military, all that. Yeah. He just gets to batter Karen Cross for the pop, doesn't he, this week? Like, they've got that right this time. Yeah. That's going to be... <laughs> oh, what's going to happen as well on the outside with the, um, the Street Profits and... <laughs> oh. oh, boy. No, neither. <laughs> us neither, Siri, us neither. Uh, right, out comes uh, SmackDown GM, his name escapes me, and yeah, uh, Raw GM, Adam Pearce. Uh, they bring out Randy Orton, I say five minutes here, maybe been making his entrance. Yeah, crowd were loving it, mm-hmm. I will say that. Massive star. Um, I didn't write down what they say, because it doesn't matter, but they both were basically just like, you're the best, Randy, and that's why I love you. Uh, shut up, you, shut up, I'm talking here, I love him more than you do. They keep interrupting each other, and uh, Postman Pearce says, look, sign with Monday Night Raw, uh, and I'll give you a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, the SmackDown GM says, well, that's a pretty decent offer that, but uh, I can offer you the guys who took you out. And before Randy Orton can make a decision, out comes Paul Heyman, does his shtick, ladies and gentlemen, da 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 tribal chief, etc. And he says, look who's back. I'm sure you're back here to look for revenge, but there will be no RKOs this evening. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Uh, and there will be no decision made by you either because the bloodline is going to make the decision for you. And I thought, yeah, I mean, I'm biased. I love everything bloodline related. I just, you know, like when you love something, you read into stuff that actually there's nothing there. Because mm-hmm. Solo Sokoa's music hits. And I was like, okay, out comes Solo Sokoa. There's Jimmy Uso. And like, if you've got a brain, you let Solo slide in and take the first shot. Yeah. Uh, and then you... Sneak attack him, numbers mm-hmm. game, etc. Jimmy, you so so jazzed, he slides in first. All the time, get rid of you, you little puke. Uh, and then, but yeah, Sokoa gets in there, numbers game catches up to Orton eventually. And who can save him but one? Hell, hey, no, yeah! How many fucking baby faces have we got? Again, incredibly hot, awesome crowd for this. Uh, huge, you baby. It was massive. Uh, and eventually, yeah, they. Uh, managed to get rid of them. Uh, well, Sokoa and, and Knight sort of fight out, yeah. out of the ring and out to the back. Uh, and you think, oh, Randy Orton with those arms and 
pipsqueak but, uh, heel Jimmy Uso. Which way is this going to go? He hits the DDT. Um, that is what they're calling it. And uh, hits an RKO. Heyman's just furious at this mm-hmm. point. The crowd are chanting for him. And he says, give me both contracts in a nice sort of callback to Batista, I suppose. Yeah, bit of evolution law. Yeah. Uh, and Heyman on the mic, last ditch attempt, says, go to Raw, you're safe on Raw. And Orton throws the contract for Raw away. Postman Pierce is devoed, signs the SmackDown contract, throws it on Jimmy Uso, gets the mic and says, hey, Paul, you can call Roman Reigns. You can tell him, Daddy's back. Yeah. Uh, and then, as, as I was about to close my laptop, mm-hmm. finish watching the show, the uh, SmackDown GM, name escapes me, yeah. goes into the ring, <laughs> raises Randy Orton's hand. <laughs> oh, just okay, who's him? Okay, sorry, poses on the second rope to close out the show. Well, you see, Wilborn, the thing that happened is that the SmackDown GM discovered that with Randy Orton, you get all this and so much more. Oh, SmackDown catchphrase! Because I really love this segment. I loved, again, Jimmy Uso's clowning. Uh, I also saw a fan video over the weekend where he did the whole, you know, when we talk about CM Punk and Hook, and we know the listen. He did it. He just laid in the ring as like the show pretty much went off the air, <laughs> selling the RKO. Uh, LA Knight making the save was fantastic because you just have to every now and then. I know it's basic, I know it's broad. You've got to tell your audience that the baby faces still matter. Like if he doesn't make the save, a who the hell's Randy Orton that he hasn't got the odd mate after twenty frigging years yeah. doing this? And B like why not? Why hasn't the good guy done what's right? Yeah, whether or not you're Randy Orton's fan, if you, uh, friend. If you hate the bloodline because they screwed you out of it, you would be like, well, I'm just going to sit a gorilla. Just to, I'm going to take my fists up. Yeah. And if anything goes down... Well, this is how you overlap two things that have happened. Randy Orton has returned and has said, I'm going to get revenge on the bloodline. I'm going to defeat Roman Reigns. What did I like say last week? I'm going to beat every member of the bloodline. They've got the same issue, the same agenda, but of course, at some point, that's going to collide. But why have it collide straight away? I mean, you can have them work together like good guys should. Mm. This is quite a neat continuation of the kind of like the pattern and the momentum they found on Raw with the good guys coming together to stop the Judgment Day. It's just, it's basic, but it's great, and you can feel it in the buildings that people are responding really well to it. Neither of the, like, Ellen Knight and Randy Orton are not my, my top choices to bring down the bloodline, but I like watching them try in front yes. of these hot crowds, and that's all. It's in- not just, you know, some guy who yeah. clearly is not going to stand a chance. Exactly, yeah. Like, uh, like it, the perception right now is reality. And those people in those buildings, and I would be the same if I was there. It's a bit like the Jey Uso thing. Do I think Jey Uso can one day be WWE champion? Possibly not. Am I enjoying watching his rise and yeah. trying to break through at the top of the card? And do I wish I could be in a building doing that with my arms? I know we're not on video, but people know exactly what motion yeah. I've just made. Yes. Uh, Orton uh, picking SmackDown with cause is great. Yes, I did use those words on purpose because I do feel it's part of a potential CM Punk thing. And as well, they... Yet again, walk the tightrope of not at all burying the world title while a wrestler makes it very clear that I went that round. Yeah, like Cody Rhodes. They've they had didn't this- say actually you you get a title shot by joining SmackDown. He just said I, I realize how big this title is. Yeah, but I re- I've got a feud I want to deal it's, with. It's Roman's. Yeah. It's Roman's head on a spike. Oh, and by the way, he's got the belt. That is a really smart way of not undermining the world it's a really title. Good point, yeah. And they've done that with Cody all summer, and that's tricky because it's a lie, right? They are lying to you. They are mm-hmm. lying to us. But the idea in wrestling is to <laughs> is to just obscure the lie and promote your version of the truth. And with this world title, that is what they've done. And if the end result, as we think it is going to be, is CM Punk versus Seth Rollins for the world title. I'll ever wear a world one. I don't give a fucking shit what Roman Reigns is doing at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> the top belt is CM Punk versus Seth Rollins for the night, and yeah. that is how you get there. We talk about WrestleMania 21 being that massive draw, and what went on last, it wasn't John Cena winning the belt against JBL. It Dreadful was, match. It was Batista ending the Reign of Terror for Triple H's vanity plate, you know? Like, the, the perception is reality, and I just thought it was really shrewd of them not to have Randy Orton be like, yeah, 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 toy belt out the way, you. Roman's got the proper one. Couldn't have been further from that. And again, I just think they're like, they have, there are so many times because it's WWE where I think a lot of people watch and wait for them to press the self-destruct button creatively. And 
keep living in the good times while they're still happening because they are continuing not to do that. Mm, indeed. Let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on X at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. For daily wrestling podcast, the collision review is available right now. Me and Sid will be back later on today to review Raw. Uh, preview Raw even, and we'll all be back to review Raw tomorrow, in fact. Uh, but for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.